Welcome to another episode of Radio Contra, coming at you live from the Gorilla Camp, located deep in the heart of rural northern North Carolina. I, of course, am your host, NC Scout, and I am joined in this episode by Codename K from Combat Studies Group. What's up, brother? Good to be on, man. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. Um, You know... Man, there is uh, just a wild time going on right now. Obviously, you know, the the stuff in Ukraine is really hitting the news. The propaganda is through the roof, I think, on both sides. The Russians have made their case before the U.N. Security Council. And, of course, the U.S.'s response has been, you know, oh, this is just fake news. Um, mm-hmm. And, man, there there is a mountain of things that are hitting the open source side of the Internet. They, and, and a lot of it, I know you've been following this story. I've been following it, too, um, of these biological labs conducting research. For whatever purpose, you know, the, the Russians are saying they're bioweapons. America's kind of shifting the script a little bit. Uh, we had former uh, Admiral or I guess retired Admiral um, Kirby, who is now the spokesman for the State Department or whatever his his uh, uh, sanctioned um, placeholder title of nobility is in uh, D.C. saying, you know, oh, there's no bioweapons program. I mean, chemical weapons program uh, saying (laughs) this. And and immediately when when I heard that, I was out doing a bunch of stuff today. And uh, when I heard that, I did a very quick search using Google specifically because that's going to give you the official narrative of whatever's being touted on our side. Because, uh, you know, that that's the way that works. And Google immediately first five results were all coming from MSNBC and saying uh, Russia has provided claims, baseless false claims of a chemical weapons program in Ukraine. I thought it was I, hilarious because they, they've already shifted the narrative. You know, uh, what what's your reactions and thoughts to all this? Well, I mean, the reaction is fairly predictable because we've seen them, uh, you know, we, we've got at least a couple years under our belt of them playing this type of game, um, engaging in this psychological warfare. And so as soon as they start um, copping to, once they knew they were burned, they started copping to like a lesser uh, evil, if I could put it that way and trying to massage the narrative down into something, uh, you know, kind of, uh, you know, less, less serious, put it that way. Um, 
but the, the fact of the matter is, is that this is well documented from multiple sources and multiple agencies. The documents are out there. If anyone just takes a minute to, to look this stuff up, it's all open source, as you said. So, but again, like I said, we've, we've seen how masterfully they play the public over the last couple of years with the, you know, the Wuhan, um, which, you know, comically they, the Russians are claiming that they were doing bat coronavirus research at these Ukrainian labs. They claim to have documentation of that or evidence. Um, and why would I doubt them at this point based on, you know, what we've seen so far? Um, yeah. what, you know, what, what I would expect is uh, something else to fill the new cycle. Um, some other aspect of this whole Ukraine uh, nut roll or, you know, suddenly they're going to shift to something in the South China Sea or, or, oh my God, you know, variants, you know, whatever is now spiking and we'll, we'll just jump back to the coronavirus thing. Um, this is predictable because they just, they're just playing from the same playbook they've been using for years. Um, and it's really kind of tiresome. And, you know, just to, cause you brought up a really good point. Um, the modified search results that Google presents, you know, Google being a wholly owned subsidiary of the deep state, um, yep. to, to shape public, you know, public opinion and push a specific narrative. Well, a lot of people have fled to other search engines. Um, and most prominent among those is one that I, I've pushed for years at my courses. Um, and sadly, I can't anymore because now they've jumped on board with pushing a specific narrative. They don't want to push a Russian narrative, as they put it. So they're going to downvote any Russian-based news or anything that even looks favorable to the Russians. Um, so DuckDuckGo is out. I mean, in my book, they're... They're, they're done. Yeah, man, so. you read my mind because I was literally about to ask you your thoughts on that. Um, I know personally I was disappointed when that headline broke. I was not surprised. I was, however, disappointed. And I've had a lot of people asking me uh, recently, and I'm sure they have you as well, what would be a useful alternative <laughs> now that, that DuckDuckGo is, is really – laid their cards down on the table and i mean um again i'm not surprised i'm not surprised i am disappointed i'm not surprised um in your view what do you think a good alternative would be well you know i wish there was a, a perfect answer to that but there's i can give you a list but understand there's pros and cons with every single one of these there, there's just no perfect solution as far as a search engine um I will say there there were definite indicators uh, with DuckDuckGo. One of them being it is a U.S.-based corporation, therefore it's subject to you know FISA courts, all the fun that goes along with that. Um, so that was kind of always in the background as a concern. Um, the and then there were some other indicators that I won't go into, but um, so. Mediger is a search engine that's worth checking out. 
Uh, that's based out of Germany. Um, ah, Seer X, S E A R X. Then that one's kind of an interesting one because uh, unlike all these other search engines where you just go to, you know, duckduckgo.com or whatever.com or .net, Serex is actually a piece of open source software. Um, and so people can spin up their own instances of a Serex search engine. And so if you go on the Serex website, you'll find a big list of public instances. So you can actually make your own private search engine or you can make a public facing one uh, based on their open source software. Now, because these people set up these public instances and you don't know what their what their reasons are, what their motivations are, you know, there's no, there's really nothing free on the internet. There, there's, you know, you're giving something to them. And, and I, and I understand that with the search engine there, it's a business. They, they have to make money some way. So, you know, as long as they're open and transparent with me, the customer about what it is they want from me, if they want to see, you know, how many clicks per hour I do, as long as it's anonymized and they're not IP tracing and things like that, you know, that's fine. Um, so it's really just kind of up to you to figure out, well, does this fit into my threat model um, as far as using the service? So can I go back to Cirex? You got to kind of be careful when you pick those instances. So you got to kind of do a little research on each one of those. Um, Swiss cows is another uh, pretty good one based out of uh, Switzerland. Oddly enough, um, Brave has spun up their own search engine from the Brave browser. Uh, had pretty good results with that. It is US-based, though. So again, that kind of sits in the background. Uh, Gibiru, Gulf India, Bravo India, Romeo Uniform. Uh, Private.sh. Uh, Quant is a popular one based out of France. Uh, I've heard some rumors that they've kind of been playing into this Russia shenanigan thing as well. I haven't seen it myself, so uh, I don't know. Uh, Start Page has been popular for years. Start Page got bought by a, uh, a big ad company in 2019, though. Um, so they, there's kind of been some stuff in the background that doesn't look real favorable. So I kind of shy away from them. Uh, and, and there's actually, you know, a long page of different search engines that I cover in the courses. But uh, that, that's kind of a real short list to kind of get you started. Um, those are going to be better because they're in better jurisdictions. Uh, so there's a higher degree of transparency as far as what they are recording and how long they keep it, what they're doing with it, things like that. Um, right. But you, you have people have to kind of be realistic with themselves. If you're using a search engine, they're recording something. Okay. I mean, it's not necessarily going to Fort Meade, but, you know, they, they have to monetize that platform somehow. They got to, you know, they got to keep the lights on. So uh, you just got to kind of be realistic with your expectations. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and um, they got to make money somehow, you know, just, just like you said. Web hosting and and the whole thing in the background, all, all the stuff in the background, you know, I can tell you from from self-hosting a website and and um, 
running really through all of that, I can tell you firsthand exactly how expensive that is. Now you add in a, a search engine to the mix, um, you know, you, your costs, staffing costs and everything else, they, they're going to go up considerably. So they got to make their money somehow. Right. Um, you know, and, and people are always concerned about their information and whatnot. I mean, you know, the Swiss, if it's a Swiss owned company, that's kind of, you know, what I, I look for first, um, you know, even though Germany is a, a member of Nine Eyes, you know, they still um, they still have certain protections. There are some companies that are being run out of Germany that aren't too terrible, at least as of yet, uh, at least <laughs> as of yet, <clears throat> although. You know, we're always 24 hours away from finding out which the next, uh, which, which one of the next tech companies is going to sell us out. So, you know, well, and and that's that, that's something that people should always keep in the back of their head, especially in the tech side of things. Is tech evolves at such a rapid pace? Uh, what is rock solid today could be a dumpster fire tomorrow, and so it's it's really on you to you know, execute your due diligence with the software you're using, with the services that you're using. Um, you, you know, you really can't rest on your laurels if, you know, your threat model is sufficiently high, if that's, you know, really a concern to you. And if I could distill down kind of the, the two main factors with regard to search engines, one being, you know, what I'm looking for in a search engine, the quality of the results. Because I'm looking for information. I put in, you know, snippets or you know, bullet points or some keywords. And, you know, I want an algorithm that's going to scrape based on a fairly unbiased set of rules, you know, um, because I'm trying to collect useful information. I'm probably engaging in some form of OSINT, uh, if it's me, certainly. So that's a big factor. And that's a big concern with places like Google and now DuckDuckGo is that they're slanting the results to shape your opinion. Uh, and so you're, you're basically getting poisoned fruit. Um, and the second factor being, you know, protecting myself, protecting my data, uh, not getting doxxed. Um, and some of that is on you. You can make sure that your browser is properly hardened and you can plug, you know, 80% of those holes right there. And then making sure that you're surfing clean. And by that, I mean, you're, you're you know, utilizing uh, a VPN or a proxy or a, going through Tor or something that's going to shield your IP address. Um, so those are, if you, if you kind of just boil it down, it comes down to those two factors, the search engines. Right. You know, it, it, it's just one of those things and, and it's constantly evolving. You know, we can't we can't just as you said, we can't stay in stasis. What works today that there's a lot of people out there that are just, you know, cemented and married at the hip to this one thing. It, you know, oh, this works. I'm always going to do this. I mean, there's still people, there's still clientele that I interact with that are using hush mail. And, you know, yeah, yeah man, it, as much as I tell them, like, look, don't use hush mail. I mean, back, uh, you know, back in uh, 2008, when uh, I was in Iraq, it was my second trip to Iraq. And um, 
you know, you, you watch all sorts of weird stuff on deployments, man. Like you, you watch weird documentaries and like TV shows you never would have had any interest in stateside, but you find yourself watching it, you know, cause it's just something to break up the monotony. And um, so I was watching this this documentary on a steroid smuggling ring in SoCal and like how these guys got rolled up and, and like everything that they were doing. And I remember, you know, I didn't I didn't know what I didn't know about all of this stuff back then, you know, because I mean, I was I, I was an infantryman in the army. So like whatever. You know, this wasn't my bread and butter. I didn't care about that stuff. I was in my early 20s. It didn't matter. And uh, I just remember that, you know, Hushmail back then was supposed to be this like sneaky Pete, secret squirrel, like it was encrypted and everything was good to go. And um, I remember that, you know, this one dude, obviously, you know, big roided out freak is... uh, you know, he, he had been in prison for a while at this point by the time the documentary had, had been shot. And he's he's you know telling him his story. He's one of the guys that got caught going up to Canada and coming back down to San Diego. And uh, he's he's like, yeah, you know, I, I, we were using Hushmail for, you know, all of our transactions and coordinating everything and linking up with, you know, our buyer and all this stuff. And as soon as they got rolled up by the DEA and they're sitting there on trial, all their hush mail messages were used. Yeah. And that was all evidence. That was all admissible evidence. And I remember thinking back then, man, it was like, wow, this because I'd always heard this was supposed to be super stealthy, sneaky. And bam, now they they got them, you know. And Mm. and so that was I won't. I'm not going to say that was probably like my first red pill coming from the world of of like privacy, security and anonymity. But that was definitely one of them. That that was a wake up call. And that that documentary, man, that was from like oh five, oh four, oh five. I mean, it it was it it wasn't really new at the time when we were watching it. It was it was several years old. So it was just like, man, and and there are people still running around using that thing. Um, See, it. Yeah, you read my mind. It's I'm sitting here thinking of people I deal with on a regular basis, and they're still using hush mail. You know, and they should know better. I mean, the word's out. It's <laughs> it's not safe. <laughs> it's been out, man. It, like it, it's it's been out for a while. But they yeah. just they they get people get married to an idea, and they're like. This this is going to work because it it tells me all the buzzwords I want to hear. So, bam, you know, there you go. Like an, another one, another one that uh, was back in the day, probably it's probably about seven years ago, seven or eight years ago was unseen. That was another mm-hmm. one that was it, it popped up. It sounded real good. And then all of a sudden, like their their servers in Iceland are getting raided, you know, and like uh maybe they're not quite as good as as what we thought you know yeah that's it's the the legal system can do some unique things with investigatory powers um Mm -hmm. you know and 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 rules and laws can get bent yeah and what's interesting with with iceland uh since you kind of bring that up is uh it's 
it's pretty widely considered to be the best jurisdiction, legally speaking, on Earth for uh, privacy. Um, so when uh, various federal entities in the past have tried to, um, you know, go to Iceland to seize uh, a server or to, um, you know, uh, do some snooping. Um, they they met with a lot of resistance. Um, uh, there was one instance where FBI officials were coming off the plane and were met by a delegation from Iceland. Uh, I don't remember what what entity it was, but part of their their government apparatus, and basically told them to get back on the plane and go away. Um, so the approach they've taken now is they just do it extrajudiciously. They, yep. Or extrajudicially, I should say. They, uh, they just sneak in and do it. <laughs> so, you know, they, they, they're not going to be hampered by, by anything like laws. And, and, and we see here, we see that here on the home front with, uh, some of the ridiculous shenanigans we see that particular entity pulling with like January 6th and, uh, the, the, Governor Widmer thing. I mean, you know, we could go on for hours talking about that particular entity shenanigans. They don't care about the law. So you're only, I mean, legal jurisdiction as far as, you know, when we talk about the services we're utilizing or the servers or where they're sitting, it's just a, a small piece of the, the, the bigger picture. Um, it is a concern, but it's not like the People tend to look at that as the, the end all be all. Well, this is based out of Iceland or Switzerland, so it's that's all I care about. Yeah, there, there's more to it, you know. Right. So that's kind of man. That that that's a good lead in to the next little piece of breaking news that kind of got buried with all the international news that's going on out there, but. President Biden, this this came out earlier, uh, just a couple of days ago. I ran it up on AmericanPartisan.org, but Biden just put out an executive order on cryptocurrencies, and here's mm-hmm. a list of everything that is in it. And, of course, that article went on. Um, not going to dive too deep into every piece if you want to read it in its entirety it's up uh, for any of you listeners out there it's up on americanpartisan.org right there on the home page but um he signed an executive order essentially calling on the government to examine the risks and benefits of cryptocurrencies you got to watch out when they start using that language you got to watch out um next bullet point the measures focus on six key areas Consumer protection, financial stability, illicit activity, that's the big one. U.S. competitiveness, that's another big one. Keep in mind, a huge number of cryptocurrency mining operations were going on in Ukraine, and I'd venture to guess they probably aren't now. Um, Financial inclusion and responsible innovation, whatever that is supposed to mean. Uh, And then finally, the Biden administration also wants to explore a digital version of that's right you guessed it the u.s dollar mm-hmm. a digitized currency to finally mm-hmm. wipe out any sort of 
freedom that you might have had. There's there's a lot of ways that a digitized only U.S. dollar can go bad and can go bad in a hurry. Uh, so I know, brother, you're you're big into crypto. You know way more about it than I do. I'm a precious metals guy personally, um, and just taking it from the top, what what do you read into this? How do you think that that this is going to go? And and what are they trying to do with all of this? Well, first off, I, I would point out that oddly enough, this is uh, one of the few executive orders I've seen in recent history that actually meets the constitutional criteria of an executive order. Um, you know, how many executive orders have we seen issued in the past that try to take the form and shape of law and it has no lawful power, you know, that has to go through the legislative branch. Um, an executive order only pertains to the inner workings of the executive branch and the offices under the executive branch. So it's kind of an in-house order, so to speak. Uh, so, you know, this order, I just kind of perused it quickly this morning and it was kind of a yawn. I mean, it's something to keep an eye on, but the it's just him telling all these various entities, uh, you know, hey, move this higher up on your list of things to start studying, read up on, and, and you know, there will be more to follow. Um, but the primer for all this, like you said, is the digital dollars coming. It is absolutely coming. We've been talking about this for years. Um, and commonly, there's this kind of conflation that happens in people's minds where they 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 look at something like crypto, just kind of in the broad sense, and they lump it in with something like a digital dollar from the Federal Reserve, and therefore it equals bad. It's you know mark of the beast money or something. And that really couldn't be further from the truth. It's it's all in how the particular crypto is structured. I mean, crypto in it, at its core, it's just a digital ledger. It's just a blockchain. Okay. And it's something that it's governed by mathematical rules. So you can't have, you know, Janet Yellen spinning up the presses more faster. You know, print more. It's governed by laws that are depending on the crypto immutable. You know, they, there's there's a set mathematical rules that have to be followed. Um, and so it avoids manipulation. And most of your cryptocurrencies, if anything, are deflationary okay, um, compared to something like our Federal Reserve System or Federal Reserve notes, which are massively inflationary at this point, um, which is a hidden tax. It, you know, it's your pile of cash in your sock drawer every morning, it, you know, more of it's gone essentially and that's inflation so crypto again depending on the crypto can be a very good thing or it could be a very bad thing um, as far as centralized control uh, with the federal reserve it's going to be a very bad thing because it's it's going to realize all those wonderful attributes of the chinese credit score system and build it into the currency system so Everything you spend money on, every time you're paid, every time you pay out, it's readily available to that central authority. 
they can turn it off. They can turn it on. They can change the intrinsic value of it all by the flip of a switch. Okay. So, yeah, a, a federal reserve uh, digital currency is not going to be a good thing. Now, most people, if they've had any experience with crypto at all, aren't going to touch it with a 10-foot pole. And so this is where the other piece of this comes in. This is why they have to try to figure out ways to marginalize the larger cryptosphere. They need to try to figure out ways to deplatform the exchanges or the on and off ramps. So the places where, let's say, you want to buy your first Bitcoin, how do you go about doing that? Well, commonly people will go to one of the established exchanges, which are essentially recognized as banks. Okay, they follow the same rules as banks. Um, and they send in Federal Reserve notes or euros or what have you, and they buy whatever the spot price is on Bitcoin or Ethereum or whatever it is they want to buy. Um, and at that point, know your customer regulations are in effect. And so you're, you're kind of tracked at that point, but it doesn't take a lot of effort to make that to kind of fall off the radar, so to speak. Um, so this is a concern to them because now they can't track people. And if people are using the normal cryptocurrencies, such as Bitcoin and Ethereum, and Monero, um, they're not readily trackable, especially if it's a privacy-focused crypto like Monero or one of several others. Um, it's it's very, very difficult, if not impossible, to track who spent what. Um, and so again, from a centralized power point of view, that's a bad thing. And that's a competition that they don't want, especially when you know, in this day and age, people are, are growing more and more leery of the federal government and the larger kind of globalist uh, deep state apparatus, if you will. Uh, and so there's going to be a very low trust factor, I think, with this Federal Reserve cryptocurrency coming out of the gate. And they know that. Um, so that's kind of what I see. They want to kind of try to get in front of this and use their larger media influencers to influence people into, you know, again, not using crypto because decentralized crypto equals bad. That means you're obviously a, you know, illicit arms dealer or a drug runner or, uh, you know, uh, child porn or, you know, you name it. Any of these little emotional buttons that they can push that will make people just back away because they don't want to be associated with that, you know, uh, racist. You're obviously a racist if you use Bitcoin, you know, things like that. So they're going to they're going to pull out of the stops on that. You're going to see a lot of influencers peddling that kind of uh, horseshit. And. It wouldn't surprise me to see at least a beta version of this. Uh, Federal Reserve coin if you want to call it that, you know, before the end of the year. They, they're they really, all the signs are, they're really pushing on the gas pedal. And I think they're kind of being forced into it because of some of their recent activities with regard to Russia. Because a lot of that stuff right. is backfiring. And it's backfiring fast. And, you know, I'm, 
I'm not sure they realized it would backfire the way it did. I, I really got to call into question the uh, the intellect of some of these people pulling the strings at this point. Yeah, man. Now, it, it, see, you know, the, on the Internet, you have all the, the different corners and the camps of the Internet. There's the, the people that, you know, are, are the tinfoil hat wearers that, you know, oh, everything is a grand plan and there's you know it's insurmountable and of course these are also usually the same people that believe in q um you know uh you know magic magic q and jfk jr are going to reappear and and just like fix everything magically which i i still i never understood at the beginning i still don't understand it now um whatever but nah man to your point about how you you don't you can't understand how they didn't see some of this coming. It's because they're literally inept. I mean, you know, as well as I do that, uh, from, from your interactions with some of these deep state creatures working in, in various capacities in the intelligence community and, you know, my interactions with them as well is that they, they're hideously incompetent. They live in a completely different bubble and when you have everybody, you like you live in that feedback loop where everybody tells you you're great. The media tells you you're great. You get all of your news from the media that you created that's telling you you're great. Anything apostate to that or telling you a different story is obviously fake news or some sort of enemy propaganda. And you don't believe it. There's not an actual uh, there's nothing putting their attitude in check. I, I mean, I promise you, they already forgot that just six months ago. They tucked their tail and ran out of Afghanistan in the biggest blow to American foreign policy, possibly in American history. Possibly. Yeah. There's yeah. no way that you can rectify that. They alienated, you know, two almost two generations worth of American veterans in 20 years at war. I mean, we had guys who were fighting in Afghanistan up up at the end who were not born before 9-11. So you, you yeah. literally had the millennial generation, you had some late Gen Xers, the millennial generation, and really, you know, the, the early Gen Z crowd. So really the kind of, you could lump three generations in there of now veterans that spilled their blood there. And now they're angry and bitter at the way that that turned out. And it was completely mismanaged. They've already forgot about that. And we're going to we're going to trust them with with trying to manage a cryptocurrency and digitizing the U.S. dollar. These people have no idea what they're doing. And I think, too, just to add a little bit to that, when we see uh, the president of El Salvador, who is a very interesting guy for a lot of reasons, he's a young guy. He is. um I th- he's a late Gen Xer because he's in his early 40s, I think. And he is he was the first world leader to recognize uh, Bitcoin as a as a parallel national currency. And so you saw right. the early version, the, the, the proto version of this happening in Venezuela. They had um, a, a petroleum based cryptocurrency that they mm-hmm. were using. Um, that was they, there were some people in in libertarian circles, uh, you know, some von Mises guys that follow me. They were saying, and, and they made a valid point that that wasn't a real cryptocurrency; it was just an electronic currency. Yeah, right. I, I mean, 
sure. Okay, you, you can you can make that that argument for semantics sake. Um, there was some early indications of this happening in Cuba until that was completely clamped down. Uh, um, so I think that this executive order, like they, as you pointed out, they're stepping on the gas with it. And they're also recognizing that the the world reserve currency status of the U.S. dollar might be in jeopardy. And if they don't get ahead of the power curve with the challenges to the U.S. dollar that are up and coming, they're going to be in real trouble. And and this might be a move um, to try and get ahead of that. But I, I when you take into account, too, that the, the Fed has painted themselves into a corner with, uh, with with the interest rate, inflation. Now we're, we're seeing the tip of the iceberg with this. They can blame that on the Russians all they want. Anybody who falls for that is a, is a complete idiot. That is all. That is 100% Biden, and anybody with two brain cells knows it. Yeah, well, it's 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 infantile, and it's it's something they've done so many times in the past. Uh, you know, Hillary made it famous. Everyone I don't like is a Russian. You know, <laughs> and yeah. they're kind of just following that same that same thing. But you know. It, what did we see with with these sanctions on Russia? You know, we had uh, PayPal, MasterCard, Visa, American Express, every Western bank pull out, block them, uh, kicking them out of SWIFT. Um, big mega corporations like McDonald's, Coca-Cola and, you know, Amazon, all blocking them, kicking them out. I mean, they're looking at they're getting ICANN to, to cut their Internet completely. So. It didn't quite have the effect that they were expecting, I think, because immediately what happened, they cozied up with the financial system of China. So China's payment processing system is now going to be utilized in Russia. Um, And quite embarrassingly, uh, Biden's calls would not be accepted by Saudi Arabia and the Emirates. So, I mean, you don't need a slide ruler. To figure out that the petrodollar is done, it, it was it was in a nosedive, you know, before this ever happened, and uh, yeah, it's over, man. And they're they're going to try to plaster over it as long as they can, but the petrodollar is done, and you know, reserve currency status is going to follow shortly thereafter. And uh, they have really just hastened this. And that's before we even get into the commodities, you know, look at all the again, you know, they've turned America into a country that produces absolutely nothing. It's just it's just it's just complete consumerism. Well, for God's sakes, you know, uh, grain, wheat comes out of Russia, the the bulk of the world supply, the whole oil and gas thing, uh, uranium. You know, what is it, upwards of 30-something percent of the, uranium, of the uranium we utilize comes from Russia. And, yep. you know, all those nuclear power plants, all those nuclear vessels, uh, they they require, <laughs> re, re, they require little, little refueling. Star Trek 4 reference there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nuclear vessels in Alameda. <laughs> <laughs> so... Yeah, not to mention the fertilizer thing. And I mean, the food situation is going to 
you know, it's starting to sound like a prepper podcast, but the, the food situation is going to get absolutely dire. And one of the kind of negatives I deal with when I'm talking to clients is people hear about something on the news or they hear it on their favorite, you know, podcast, and they don't see the result that same day or even within a week. And it's like you, you have to kind of look at the bigger picture of logistics at a national level. So, I mean, at any given moment, there's warehouses, you know, around the country that are, you know, full to the rafters with durable goods and food products. And they get disseminated from those hubs out to stores. Um, so there's a lag time between when an event occurs that turns off the flow and you actually see it, you know, on your dinner table. Yep. So, and in, in that lag time, people just kind of forget about it. I went to the store. There's still stuff on the shelves. I'll tell you this. I, I went to uh, a couple of auto parts stores yesterday. There is no 5W30 oil to be found. Just thought that's, nah. that's inter- interesting. That's kind of an indicator. Yep. It, it, it's, you know, and, and w- one other thing that I've noticed is uh, any vehicle that is 10 year models or uh, model years rather uh old the car companies are obsoleting aftermarket parts for them or replace or oem replacement parts rather and you're having to go to the aftermarket you know like perfect example um i was driving here a couple months back and i had my driver's side mirror busted on my truck because uh, I had a, a lady who was driving in the oncoming lane, pulling a cattle trailer who was on a cell phone. She was a little bit further over the median than 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 uh, she should have been, and we bumped mirrors, you know. And it took me, uh, I you know, I, I called Ford and was <clears throat> trying to get a replacement Super Duty mirror. Uh, mirror. And I said, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll find one, but we're obsoleting that year model. And I said, okay, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, that, that was, uh, I, I you know, I, I didn't think that, that they were going to be doing that. And then I got a call back from them and they said, now, nah, you know, we're not going to be able to get any of them. And, uh, so I had to buy a, a aftermarket one, which is, you know, it, it's close enough. I'm not really worried about the, the cosmetics of a, of a uh, uh going on 20 year old truck now but still um you know it, it it was kind of frustrating because this is one of the most common vehicles on the road especially where i am now uh you know out here in north carolina it, it, this this part of the state has a huge number of ford super duties everywhere from you know uh-huh. the, the late 90s all the way up to the present we have a lot of them and they're starting to um you know, just kind of siphon off all of those older parts. They're not really um, producing them anymore, even though there's a large number of these trucks that are still floating around out there. And um, I talked to a buddy of mine who's a, a local mechanic and and uh, runs a body shop and, you know, all, all the basic mechanic stuff as well. And he's like, yeah, that's it. And it's getting worse. And the whole, he said the, the, Inside of the industry, what they're trying to do, like the the larger plan, is to get vehicles that are older than five years off the road. Basically, you're de-incentivizing people from driving them. 
Ah, that's yeah. interesting because there's all kinds of, you know, you, you get a new car these days. First of all, good luck ever paying it off. By the time you're going to pay it off, car loans used to be five years at a certain APR. And now if they, 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 the first thing that they do on a car lot is try to get you to lease it, which is literal debt slavery when you do mm-hmm. that. But it's also, uh, if you do want to buy it, they're like, oh, you know, you can finance it out to 86 months or 84 months or whatever it is. And, and yeah, yeah it's called a mortgage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, that that is you're, you're talking about like a like if I were to buy the same truck that I have now. Right. You know, I've got a, a two Ford Super Duties. If if I was to buy that, take one of those and buy a new one right now it would cost almost as much money as the house that I live in. And, mm-hmm. and good luck ever paying that off. I mean, that it, it's, it's absolute insanity, but it's got all these fancy doodads and stuff in it that are there to track you. They're going to track you. Everything is drive by wire in these vehicles. Yep. And that's why so many people are rejecting it. So many people are saying, you know, uh, Maybe this isn't the best idea. Maybe you want to go with something older. And that's why um, I had a guy uh, about a month ago offer me double the amount of money that I paid for my second truck, the one that, that I travel in when, when I'm on the road, um, tried to pay me double what I originally had paid for it. And yeah. I was thinking, man, that is that's wild, you know. And he's just like, yeah, you know, I want a, I want a Super Duty and a diesel, and you know, and I'll pay you double. And I, you know, basically told me, you know, I, I'm going to pay you north of thirty thousand dollars, you know, and, and that was double what I paid for it when I bought yeah. it. And uh, absolute insanity. But we're seeing that we're we're seeing the effects in all markets. Oil is a big one. Um, motor oil and, and the maintenance of, of your vehicles is going to be a real, real big one. That's already coming online. And um, fertilizer mm-hmm. is going to be the next one. You know, we had a fertilizer plant go up here in North Carolina over in Winston-Salem. Um, and literally a little over a month later, one goes up in Yakima over in Washington State. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, if you don't think that there's a coincidence that on both coasts, one of the major uh, fertilizer manufacturers on those on, on the two coasts go up in flames literally the same way. Well, you know, you're not awake. It, it's interesting because and I don't remember if we talked about this before or not, but it was maybe a month or two ago. Um, steel mills. In the western U.S., there were like three of them that went up in flames. There's only one left. There's literally like one left in the western U.S. And they all went up within, I want to say, like two weeks of each other. And it kind of, you know, as I'm just kind of cruising the web looking at information, it kind of piqued my interest. Like, okay, that's abnormal. That's that's enemy action in my book. That's... uh, that's not coincidence. Yeah, so there's, there's it, no way it's a statistical yeah. improbability. Yeah. So yeah, there's, there's a lot of shenanigans going on. Um, you know, and I know there's people listening to this right now and they're going to roll their eyes 
you know, we've got our tinfoil hats on. Hey, man, I'm just calling it like I see it. You know, I, <laughs> I've, I, I, I've kind of worked in this world for a while, and yeah, yeah, these these things, man. There's there's, I see planning. You know, things like that happen. There's a plan behind it. You know, that right. It's, it's, it's not paranoia. We people, civilians, normies, whatever you want to call them. When you don't understand that you've lived a lifestyle that people are constantly trying to kill you and you have to be one step ahead of them. So you think in a very specific pattern, you think, you know, how how would I kill me? What is the most likely course of action? What is the most deadly course of action? MLCOA, MDCOA of literally everything you do and every person that you encounter, all of that. And when you do that, you begin to build an analytical mind and you start to say, you know, maybe there is a pattern to a lot of things. That's not to say you're some sort of crazy, you know, schizo like, you know, Charlie on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, like, you know, putting all the stuff out on a on a big marker board and drawing a, a spider web between them. But you, you see patterns with stuff and, and there's no way that you have that number of industrial accidents in the exact same industry in the same mm-hmm geographic region it doesn't make any sense yeah and you know it, it, it earlier we were kind of talking about the, the planning and kind of the incompetence of a lot of these, these people and you know they're not all incompetent obviously there's there's especially in the in the financial sector in the imf and the, in the federal reserve there's some sharp minds sharp evil minds behind this but yeah uh, to, yeah. gi- to give a shout out to Clay Martin, you know, even a great plan is going to step on a banana peel once in a while. Yep. So um, I thought that that's perfect, a perfect analogy. Um, oh, it definitely is. It definitely is. And, and I think that not only have we stepped on a banana peel with our own plan with with, you know, IMF and and World Economic Forum and Great Reset and all that. I think that that they've stepped on a banana peel with all of that. The Russians, it's important to understand that the Russians are tied at the hip to Belt and Road and the Belt and Road Initiative. They have their own plan. And Here recently, you know, yeah, I've been putting up a lot of stuff about Ukraine and the things that are coming out of it because I I can't believe or I can believe, but I I am appalled that our leaders dropped the ball this bad on uh, on an effective strategy to contain Belt and Road, to contain the long term aims of, of Russia and China together they absolutely drop the ball and they continue to do it. I'm appalled by that. And so the, the people who are out there Pollyannaing and saying, oh, oh we got to fight them over there so we don't fight them here. You don't understand. You walked into a giant trap that was laid. That's why China and, and there's a lot of people out there that are going to listen to that. And say, well, you know, China is kind of joining in with Russia on this uh, bioweapons narrative. You know, for whatever it's mm-hmm. worth, but they were developing uh, uh, COVID-19 on their shores. And so where where does all this connect? I contend that they're just opportunists and say, you know, we're going to let the West hang itself. We're going to let the United States hang itself. Yeah. It, you know, we're just going to overlook the fact that we developed this here 
And we're going to keep running with this. And this is going to give them blank check now to move forward with destabilizing the dollar as the world reserve currency and replacing it with the yuan or whatever new currency that they come up with. Originally, it was going to be BRICS. Um, another headline that came out just today, you know, uh, Jair Bolsonaro, who's the, the president of Brazil, was one of the, the staunch opponents and really threw a, a wrench into the BRICS system. And he was photographed with Putin. And, you know, now there's real talk that that, uh, you know, Belt and Road may move forward in Brazil. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was that that was America's literally not to to uh, use a bad pun here. That was America's Trump card. Keeping the, the remnants of South America out of Belt and Road, that that was we had them as a check and a balance against the growing threat of Argentina and right. Venezuela. So Argentina to the south, Venezuela to the north, and then Cuba. Well, now, because of, of this administration's ineptitude, they just lost that. So all we have left is proxy war that's going on that you probably never even heard about, not you, but but the, the audience probably hadn't even heard about that's going on between Colombia and Venezuela being fought by ELN and uh, uh, pro-American, pro-democracy um, uh, guerrilla groups that, that are on the Colombian side of things. It's the reason that the FARC laid their arms down. That was part of the reason that they did. Um, yeah. and, and ELN is cranked back up, and they're being backed by the Venezuelans, and they've got Russian advisors there with them as well. And who did we just turn to as an emergency measure saying, hey, we need oil? The Venezuelans. I yeah, mean, yeah. This, yeah. It's, it's insanity. These people are I, – I can't believe – it blows my mind. I can't believe that our leaders are this inept. I really can't. Well, the, you know, the, the, the best microcosm, I think, that kind of encapsulates the state of everything in D.C. right now is – this whole MiG-29 thing with Poland. And yeah. you had, oh yeah, you had the White House saying one thing, State Department saying one thing, Pentagon saying something else, Poland saying something else. And it's like, holy shit, who is in charge? Anybody? I mean, it, I, I, I've never seen anything like that out of the federal government. And that's saying something. I mean, that, that level of, of absolute disconnection in what is arguably one of the biggest crises that we are ever likely to see on this planet. Uh, yeah, that's, yeah. it doesn't make, it doesn't make a guy feel good. Um, no, it's yeah. And, and, and I think it, it plays to the, it goes to the bigger picture that, you know, the, the United States as a whole is just a, another tool to this, this kind of, you know, globalist cabal um you know and there's a lot of different organizations you could try to point the finger at i won't go into all of them but uh we are a useful tool largely because of our military industrial complex and yep. the fact that you know we we have enjoyed being the reserve currency for uh for quite a while and that, that's about to come screeching to a halt um 
And man, it's it's going to be ugly because they have decimated our ability to function as an island. You know, a nation has to be able to, at some level, uh, be able to provide for itself. Um, and we could, I mean, I I could you could pick any random country in the world, and they're going to be better suited, better equipped to deal with isolation, to deal with being cut off. You know, what if we were the ones being cut off like Russia is? It it would be absolutely catastrophic right now. And it may be it, before it, it's all over it, with. It would be every sci-fi movie rolled into one. I mean, it, it would be nuts. Um, yeah, and it, it's in the offing. I'm sorry, but it is. And, you know, people can laugh that off, but, you know, you do it at your own peril. It's normalcy bias, uh, man. Normalcy bias. They, they, there's a lot of people, you know, not those that listen to this podcast, but they, there is, there's a lot of people out there that are just like, this is fine. This has always been fine. It, it'll just blow over. It's something yeah. that we watch on the news. It's something we see yeah. on Reddit or, you know, whatever social media platform of your choice. And it's somebody else's problem at the end of the day. And, it's i mean i'm here to tell you we we are in the very early spring right now we're in the very very early spring we haven't hit the mm-hmm. summer and it's a midterm year they, mm-hmm. they we we don't know what's going to happen man yeah but i do know though that the one thing that everybody out there needs to be doing is getting as many training opportunities as possible. And I know that, that you offer some incredible courses. You've got uh, a very unique repertoire of what you offer with the Ground Rod series. You've got your carbine courses as well. Um, what do you have coming up on your training calendar? Uh, let's see. We got a, a Ground Rod Level 2 coming up um, in about a week. Uh, got a close quarters battle, a home defense course coming up in Washington. Um, we've got a carbine and vehicle dynamics course coming up. Uh, got an advanced trade craft, uh, a couple others I don't have in front of me. Um, that I'll post that stuff on the site, but, uh, probably probably throw out a medical course or two um the uh yeah and it kind of goes back to my base philosophy you know the that old heinlein doctrine you gotta you gotta be good at everything um you, you can't find yourself in a in a specialization niche i mean it's fine if you know there's one thing you're really good at but you gotta you gotta branch out everybody's got to be able to you know, uh, perform at least basic medical tasks. Um, everybody's got to be able to, you know, drive in a high stress environment with everything that goes along with that. Everybody's got to be able to do basic vehicle maintenance. Everybody's got to be able to, you know, manage a garden, uh, preserve food. You know, the list goes on and on and on. It's really an unending list. Um, they're just life skills. Um, whether they're the, the sexy ones we want to do, the ones that we picture ourselves doing, or the ones that just have to be done. 
uh, you know, fixing the septic tank or something like that. But you, you really, you really have to uh, push yourself out, out there and learn a new skill. If there's something you just absolutely don't know how to do, figure it out. I mean, if nothing else, YouTube it, but start getting good at everything, everything that you need on a daily basis, anything that you're going to deal with in your life. Um, you know, the, our minds tend to immediately go to the, the big stuff, like, you know, uh, kinetic things like fighting or driving or medical and, and yeah, those are big, important things and they require a, a higher degree of study or more, more study time to be good at them. Um, but yeah, cause it's, it's going to get silly and get really silly. It is, uh, and it is. But I, I think that's incredibly well said. You know, utilitarianism and and being a master of of literally as many topics as you can, or at least getting a working knowledge of it. Any last things that you want to um, want to throw out for the audience, and where can they find you? Well, they could find me at combatstudiesgroup.blogspot.com uh, pretty much any search engine combat studies group it'll it'll come up near the top um, the let's see let me let me give you a list and this just came up the other day with a client uh, we were just talking about medicine um, let me give you a list of books probably uh, as a medic and as someone that's has worked as a medic overseas, um, the most useful books, the best bang for your buck to, to have in your library. So there's an old one that's been around forever called Where There Is No Doctor by uh, David Werner. Classic. That should, be in, that should be in your library. Um, and that one's pretty well known. Uh, there's a newer one out called Home Doctor by Dr. Maybell Nayibs. Um, and she is a practicing physician out of Venezuela. So she's kind of been, <laughs> she's kind of been working in the shit for a while. And uh, she kind of put a book together with a couple other doctors of her observations of trying to make do with little or uh, without having the right equipment or the right knowledge on hand. So it's actually a pretty good book. Um, one of my favorite classics, Ditch Medicine by Hugh Coffey. Ah, that's Herbal Medic. One. Herbal Medic by Sam Kaufman. He's a 18 Delta. Um, really good book. Is he, uh, is, is he the guy that teaches the class down in, uh, or, or he has a school down in Texas? Yep. Yep. That's him. Yeah. 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 Top quality, top quality instruction. Uh, the uh, Auerbach Field Guide to Wilderness Medicine. Um, that's a good one. And then, of course, get yourself an old copy of a PDR, Physician Def Test Reference, and a Merck Manual. That's going to cover uh, basically what medications you need to treat, you know, the symptoms you're seeing in front of you. So from a clinician's point of view, you know, when you go in and see a doctor, that's that big book on his desk that he grabs and flips through after he looks at you. Okay, same thing. 
So that's a good, uh, good reference to have, uh, the old special forces medical guide. Good one to have. And the doomsday book of medicine by Dr. LaGuardia. Uh, another good one, really, really thick book. A lot of, a lot of information in it. Um, and, and there's many, many other, you know, great medical books out there, but if I just had to have a small library, that would be it right there. And that's, that's going to cover pretty much anything you might encounter, you know, including surgeries, you name it. Um, you know, ideally you've got someone or you are medically trained some level, um, you know, as a layman trying to do this stuff. If you're all you got, then you're all you got. So yep. it's good to have some information on hand if you've got to embark on that adventure all by yourself. Um, shock is a <laughs> shock, shock is a bitch, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Been there, done that. Uh, yeah. Ooh, ooh, wee. You know, um, but yeah, they're, they're, I think that's about as as comprehensive a uh, 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 beginner's reference as you can get right there i wasn't aware of the one the uh the physician from venezuela i'm gonna have to add that to the list to get but um nah it, that's excellent stuff man uh so Kay over at combat studies group uh definitely check out those classes over there get in with him um you know frequent guests on here brother it's always huge honor to have you um you know you you just the your knowledge on cryptocurrency and breaking down um going back to that was just that was incredible man and uh, i think that that that's it it really sheds a lot of light and um kind of cuts through a lot of the hyperbole that i've heard from other corners of the internet yeah i tell you what it, it is such a rabbit hole i mean yeah we could talk for hours on that it if people really want to do kind of a comprehensive deep dive on it, um, I'll give you a name real quick. Michael Saylor. Look up Michael Saylor's videos. He, he has a very good way of, of breaking down the concepts. He's been highly successful in the crypto space as an investor. Um, so tons of information there if you're kind of new to the whole concept. Yeah, brother. Well, it has been an honor to have you on look forward to getting you on again uh here real real soon and uh for all of you out there thanks for being with us again got some uh some great shows that are going to be coming down the pipe and um you know this this podcast is just growing by leaps and bounds ranked number two now in news commentary i am very very honored by that as well that's right spread that (laughs) word the word of freedom out there the word of freedom countering the totalitarian narratives anyway brother god bless you god bless everybody else out there have a wonderful evening a blessed weekend stay safe stay sane and keep your head on a swivel this is nc scout out